You're listening to Got Tech, the podcast with your hosts, Eric Geis and Nick Johnson. Welcome back to Got Tech, the podcast. This is episode 154 called 11 EdTech Tools and Websites to Try in 2024. In this episode, we'll provide you with our most recent mega list of fun and new EdTech tools to check out in the new year. This is another episode you don't want to miss. Check it out. back here with episode 154 for those of you who celebrate hanukkah i hope you had a great hanukkah season uh those of you celebrate christmas merry christmas happy new year to all we're in with episode 154 uh before we get into that we are going to publish our 12 days of ed tech um here shortly we were supposed to get on that last week things got crazy but we're still doing it we still have most of them done. We just got to publish them, so I'll probably do that over break at some point. Uh, and we are going to have those videos on our YouTube channel, so you'll see some posts on that. I know before we said that we were going to do it a little bit earlier, we just have been jam-packed with stuff and kids being sick and all that. Life happens, and uh, you know what? We're just going to adjust on the fly, no big deal. Uh, we hope that you enjoy those videos over on YouTube. Yeah, I mean, we're going to do them. It's just not the, <laughs> it's not the original schedule we had in mind. Uh, I believe we mentioned it in our last episode's recording as well. It's just like the, one of the busier holiday seasons that uh, I've lived through, just at home and dealing with stuff there and at school too. I mean, we've been running nonstop trying to help students record podcasts and teach neighboring school districts had to record podcasts and honestly a lot of it's been podcast related stuff but just stuff in general so we're going to do them in but it's it's just a different schedule yeah i think we need to talk a little bit about the uh sharing podcasts with neighboring districts because this we we have done two recently right we did one over uh over zoom and then we had one group that visited us in person and it was a lot of fun and it was awesome to be able to share our passion with them and it was awesome to see how interested they were in the process too and how excited they are to start but we were we were able to work with them so we got to show them the whole process uh, and we did that in a couple of hours and it worked out pretty well and super excited so if you're out there and you're you're looking to start student podcasting or a podcast of your own, uh, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to Nick or I on our, our socials. Yeah, we should start charging people for that. I mean, we're like we have become we almost have a whole program worked out for like how to start a podcasting club or program or class, whatever it is in your school. Could market that. We could, but. I'm just happy that people are happy to start it. Yeah, I mean, it's more fun just to help out, but we can we can do it for you. If you want, let us know. Uh, this is the season to start talking about our conference schedule. So, of course, NJECC, as always, is coming up in uh, basically mid-March. So if you are in the larger New Jersey, in New York primarily, but maybe extend that to some Pennsylvania, some Connecticut, who knows, maybe even Delaware, you could check us out. 
uh, at that conference. There's a ton of great stuff there. We will be doing our uh, a revamped version of our EdTech Throwdown, where you can listen to Geis and I try to uh, beat each other by selecting the best EdTech tools, a lot like the episode you're about to listen to for this podcast, actually, except it is a live competition where the audience votes, which we can't do now because podcasts are not live, but it's pretty much the same gist. We love it. NJECC loves it. And I'm excited, as always, to get back to that conference. And um, I think that probably wraps it up for our updates. You got anything else? Uh, at that conference, we'll be doing two at Tech Throwdowns. That's One right. is going to be AI-specific. So super excited about that. This podcast is a proud member of the Teach Better Podcast Network. Better today, better tomorrow, and the podcast to get you there. You can find out more at teachbetter.com slash podcasts. Now let's get back to the episode. Let's get into the main bulk of our episode, which is going to be, we're going to share 11, 11 tools with you today. Uh, 11 ed tech tools that we, we found that we thought were pretty interesting and uh, we'd like to share. So Nick, why don't you kick us off with the first one? The first one is called Lumio, um, and Lumio is a really excellent tool that we haven't, at least I haven't, explored it a lot yet, but it's at the top of my list of things to check out. I first came across this sort of, not like for the very first time, because I had heard of it before, but when we were at the ISTE conference this past summer, uh, we checked in with the, uh, the Lumio booth, and I was just super impressed with them. It looked like a really engaging space. Essentially, what you're going to get with Lumio is a, you know, it's a, a digital learning tool like most of these things are. But what I really like about it is the sort of the interactive aspect. So if you picture almost like a series of Google Slides or something where the students are working within these slides or these frames and there's just different things that the teacher can embed, right? So it's, <clears throat> it's collaborative. All the students are working out of these really engaging spaces on their own devices really really cool stuff um, if you head to their website it's uh, smarttech.com slash lumio they've got a really nice introductory video because a lot of this is fairly visual but um, you know if you're looking for a place to put interactive lessons that students can engage in and they're not just like click, clicking through a video and taking notes something that brings that to the next level you're going to want to check it out. It's, you know, because it is this all-inclusive platform too, as they're working within Lumio, it's going to keep track of their data and the questions that they're answering, um, which is great, you know, from that teacher side to kind of see where your students are at. But it's just, it's just so cool. Even things like, uh, you know, as a science teacher, I like to use simulations uh, from, let's just say, the FET website. You can embed things like that within Lumio. So a lot of the places that I would send students to as like third-party websites, Lumio lets me put that right in there, which which is great because the fewer links the students have to click on and the fewer spots I have to send them, the better for me. So Lumio is definitely on my list for 2024. It looks really, really cool. Yeah, Lumio is fantastic. I remember going there. We, we sat down, watched a presentation, and the, the guy was very uh, animated. And I just noticed how his personality with kind of like the i, I want to say the personality of the platform like 
it was highly energetic. That yeah. lesson was awesome, and it, it was awesome. I can't say much more than it was awesome because I was there. We were working on an elementary lesson, and I was excited to do it. Just like in this next tool, it's called Quick Draw. Um, Quick Draw is awesome too. It what it does is it allows you to doodle, and based on your doodle, the uh, computer has to guess what you're doodling. So my pictures that I draw up on the board are modern art masterpieces. I mean, they're that good. I mean, in all seriousness, it's it looks like a kindergartner. <laughs> Actually, my kindergartner is a better drawer than I am. I was gonna say, it might be might be worse than that. So. With Quick Draw, you go there, and what they do is they give you six different things to draw. And it says, all right, in 20 seconds, draw a mountain. So I was able to do that, and the computer was able to guess it. Next one was an envelope. I was able to draw it. Computer guessed it. Then I got asparagus, and I was like, okay, this is going to be challenging. But I did it. The one that I failed on was a French fry. How do you draw a French fry That's tough. to make it a French fry? But... I didn't get that one, and then I got Dumbbell and I got Rainbow. But what I'm saying is, is this is something cool that allows students to really have to think about what they're drawing in order for someone to guess it. It's kind of like a Pictionary that you could do on your own. Now, why would I put this in there uh, for students? I think this is a great brain break activity. I think uh, if there's five minutes at the end of class, it would be good. I wish that you can create your own terms to put into this. Like if you can make it content related, I think that would be something that sticks with the students. But if anything, it's a nice brain break. And sometimes we do include these types of activities in our show because brain breaks increase productivity. You give them a couple minutes to just have a break and then you go at it again. You know, they're, they're typically, you know, more responsive and more on on task and focused at that point yeah especially you know by the time i guess this episode is posted the holidays will be completed but you know as we're recording it right now it's you know this time of year it's a little bit looser we're doing stuff in class for sure but uh, anytime you can do these little these little brain breaks as you called it to kind of help refocus kids or just make the atmosphere seem a little bit more fun it's it has really profound impact, so it's worthwhile. And that kind of goes along with the next one that I was gonna share as well. It's called Free Rice. And this is an educational trivia game. And what it's gonna allow you to do is, is go there and, and take part in this game. The coolest part is that while you do that, it's making a difference for people around the world, which means if you answer a question correctly, uh, it's going to raise 10 grains of rice for this um, organization called the World Food Program, WFP, um, to kind of help them su help support them in their work in basically providing food for people around the world that need it. So does this have a particular use in your classroom or for your content area? No, probably not. However, super fun, super valuable. In the spirit of the holidays, we thought it would be extra you know, important to share. If you're on their website, you can check out, they have lots of other neat resources too, like just information on health and nutrition, uh, climate action, of course, a lot of the countries that are being helped out here are the countries that are being most impacted by climate change. You know, there's gender equality stuff, pretty much, you know, pick any important topic and um, there's info here for you. But how great is that? You can have your class spend 
you know, 10 minutes taking a break, playing some trivia games while uh, helping to raise, uh, you know, uh, food to support people that need it. So that is freerice.com. Check it out. Very, very cool. Yeah, the next one is very similar to that. It's called Bean, Bean, Bean. Same, same gist. You go in, uh, you answer trivia questions, and then beans get donated to charity as well. So uh, free rice, bean, 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 those are two that you could have your students participate in and help raise uh, some food for people in need. All right, and I'll, since that one was the easy one, I'll go into the next one, and it kind of goes along with quick, quick draw, where uh, this one's just called scribble diffusion. So you make a sketch, and then you allow AI to make a refined image of uh, your sketch. So I just did a couple mountains with the sun in the background, and I tried to draw a, like a lake in front of that. And then what, when I hit the button, it made my scribble scrabble into something awesome. So play around with that. Might be able to be a good way of, of making a backdrop for your presentations or making a uh, picture wall uh, quote. We like to use pictures and then throw quotes over top of it and, and send it out there. You know, <clears throat> what I like this kind of thing for is um, you know, I just had my students making like a stop motion video and they're looking around online to find images that represent things within an atom, so like electrons and some of them were getting frustrated with Google image search because they can't find exactly what they want. Um, with things like this, with these AI generators, you can tell them that they don't have to find exactly what they want. You can use an AI tool to generate exactly what you want. So there is, there, or there can be at least a, a purpose to things like this. It's not, it goes a little bit beyond just like, oh, that's cool. You might actually have reasons to use it. You know, digital posters where students are trying to find a very specific image that they want to add in there and they just can't quite grab it. Scribble diffusion is a pretty cool way to do that. Some of their stuff, it does have the, you know, like that AI weirdness in the images, but a lot of that with the correct prompt, as long as it's not too out there, you can fix and mixed in amongst other stuff later on, people probably won't notice anyway. It's just, it's just awesome. While you were talking, I was trying to find, I could have sworn recently I was in Canva using their drawing tool mm -hmm. and I drew something like, let's just say, I don't know, like a picture of a house. And I, I thought like I double clicked it or I did something and then it automatically converted it into a picture of a house. I can't remember if it was Canva or if it was something else. And I was trying to like replicate it in Canva and I couldn't. So now I'm second guessing myself. Maybe it's not Canva. Does that sound right to you or am I possibly making this up? Uh, I, I would say with the number of apps that are in Canva, you said maybe it's like a draw to image. Yeah, like a draw to, yeah, I guess that's what you would call it. Might be, like there's a whole bunch of different things here. There's yeah. image relay, image draw, image dreamer, image up. I'm kind of wondering if it was one of those. I'm sure that there's something in there. I'll see if, oh, no, I found it. Sketch to life okay. is the app. That might be it. Oh, that's, that is what it is because I've added that before for another purpose. Okay, yeah. so you can find stuff, uh, similar things directly in, you know, other platforms like Canva if you want to check it out. But, you know, Scribble Diffusion is, is super cool. 
The next one we've got is for math teachers specifically. Very unique idea for a website. It's called classroomchef.com. It is essentially a just a collection of math sites. What's really cool about it is when you go there, it has everything, it's sort of modeled off of, you sit down at like a, a restaurant basically, and what's the first thing you do is you, you, you pick up the menu and you start clicking through it. Um, so they have essentially like the math website menu where it lists appetizers and um, it's got some really cool like math themed appetizer websites to check out. These often are very fun and engaging websites. We could have turned this honestly into um, one of our own podcast episodes all in and of itself because you know here's some of their appetizer websites. Uh, Estimation180.com which is a really cool take on uh, you know the idea of estimations in math. Would you rather math.com, which I think is one that, that we have on one of our lists somewhere. Visualpatterns.org, um, wodb.ca, which is which one doesn't belong? As you can see, these are more than just like here's a, a clever worksheet on finding derivatives. It's like it's like neat applications of math, right? So, and that's just their appetizers page. There's also an entree page and everything else. So if you're a math teacher, um, and that includes you elementary folks who are teaching math amongst everything else, check it out, man. Classroom Chef has just some really cool collections put together in a very engaging way. Yeah, that's, that's one that I heard about before that I went and checked out. I was like, we gotta bring this on to the show. Uh, the next one is Play No Word. All right. Play No Word is a game-based learning platform. Basically, what it does is it provides you with definitions to words, and it will give you hints. It's an adjective. It's a noun. And if you play on easy, it will give you the first letter starts with a M. And you have a minute and 30 seconds to get as many words correct based on their definition. And uh, the first one I got was... It was uh, the definition of a muscle, and it gave me an instance in how it was used, and then it told me it was a noun, and that it started with M. So I was able to get that one. Go me. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, play no word. Uh, I got on there for free. I did not. If you do like a quick one, uh, you do not need to put any account information in, which is awesome. It, there is a spot for teachers to log in and there is a way to get class codes so I'm guessing that you can make your own uh, so all this seems very awesome I'm going to share this with my second grader because uh, he practices math all the time and I would like for him to practice his vocabulary and I think because you get gems for each one that you get right that gamification element he's usually uh you know, very competitive in that way. So he'll jump on board this pretty easily. Yeah, it's it's cool. I love stuff like that, um, you know, as a parent, but also for your students as well. And, and this next one kind of goes goes along the same vein. It's called, I don't know how the proper way to say this, EducaPlay, educa I'll spell it too, E-D-U-C-A-P-L-A-Y, EducaPlay, like education play, obviously for short. It's just another way to make these educational online games. Uh, and of course, there's a ton of these. We've featured some of them so far just in this episode. But 
Edgic can play is cool because it's just got so many different types and you can you can choose the content area you want. Uh, they, you know, one of the examples they have is uh, Rivers of Europe, just to give you a sense of literally you can search for anything and then within the topic you've chosen, you can set the grade level. And then after you've set those two things, you can choose the type of game you want to have your students play based on that. And this is the exciting part to me because they've got uh, crossword puzzles, dialogue games, fill in the blanks, uh, frog jump games, uh, map quizzes, so where you're you know, identifying things marked on a map, matching pair games, memory games, riddles, slideshows, unscrambling the letters, you know, word searches, just the list goes on and on of really cool stuff. And I'm gonna try to maybe get this together for later today, because I'm supposed to do a lesson on, oh boy, what am I teaching my chemistry class today? I'm supposed to teach them about the shapes of molecules, and it's like essentially the last day before our uh, winter break as I'm recording this. I don't really feel like doing that full lesson. So if I can bring in a game element, so we're doing something educational, while practicing this stuff, it's gonna be way more fun for them, way more enjoyable for me as well. And sometimes you gotta take advantage of, advantage of uh, stuff like this, right? So Educa Play, very cool. Make sure everybody checks that one out too. Yeah, I love the gamification aspect, so I will definitely uh, look further into that one. I'm gonna go to my next one, which in my opinion it's a powerhouse of AI it's it's right up there with magic school dot AI uh, in that it gives you a whole bunch of AI tools that's going to help educators create lesson plans teaching resources and assessments this one's called edu aid when you go in there uh, they don't just have a whole list of all these different tools what they have is a breakdown of how teachers will go through a progression to make their lessons. So what I mean by that is when you go in to EduAid, up at the top they have different tabs and within these different tabs there are different AI tools. Like for example, the tabs are planning, information, objects, independent practice, cooperative learning, gamification, and questions. So if I was going through a lesson I would start with planning my lesson. They have one that's called Lesson Seed, so it gives an outline of a range of techniques, strategies, and activities aligned to an objective. So if I was teaching photosynthesis, uh, I would easily just go in, plan a lesson seed, and it's gonna give me a whole bunch of different options, and then from there I would personalize it to my needs and my students' needs. So I would start off with the lesson seed. From there, you could go into a lesson plan. And then if part of my lesson was for them to do an opening or an opener question of the day, they watch a YouTube video and they have a couple discussion questions, I can find the tool that allows you to ask questions under the questions tab. And what's great about this is it's going to give you some, I don't know, more than your typical true and false fill in the blank multiple choice. It's gonna give things that they have to discuss. Now you can gamify your classroom under that tab. There's uh, escape room ideas, there's Jeopardy ideas, there's quest ideas, bingo, review games. Quiz, quiz, quiz is a, or quiz, quiz trade is a uh, 
flashcard for students uh, discussion board game that you could go to. But we have a whole bunch of different AI tools under each one of these. Uh, one of my favorites in there is Claims Evidence Reasoning. Uh, it will provide you, the teacher, with examples of it. If you don't want the example completed, you can delete that part. But if you want to give your students some examples of Claims Evidence Reasoning, you can do that. Yep, very cool. and. Um all these are sort of reminiscent of something I just thought of that we've been mentioning now for, I don't know, probably since we started the podcast three, four years ago, and that is called uh, Flippity. And um, it really came into my mind because the next one we're going to talk about is called wordwall.net. And to me, this is very reminiscent of Flippity. So if you're a user of that, you might want to give this a look as well to sort of see if maybe this fills some some gaps maybe that Flippity doesn't have. I think Flippity probably has more things than this, but this one looks a little bit cleaner. Uh, let me back up though and tell you what it is. So wordwall.net, it's, you know, when you're on their main page, first thing I like about it, very simple, very clean. Uh, they sum up what it does with the numbers one, two, three. One is pick a template, two, enter your content, and three, pick out your activities or, or sorry, print out your activities or play on a screen. So there's the element as well where a lot of these can be printed on paper if you prefer or require that, but you can also play on a screen. And if you're still saying, what are you talking about? Um, what they call templates, I would call these, these flippity style online kind of games, but not all of them. So like here's one that's a, a matching game where you're clicking and dragging these, these little tiles. They have a, a randomizer wheel. They have randomizer cards where essentially you're drawing out cards from a digital deck to randomly select something. They have sorting of groups. Um, they have an anagram thing, which I, I, don't, I don't remember from the last time I looked at Flippity. Maybe it's there. Um, you know, find the match, flashcards, unjumbling sentences, matching pairs, labeling diagrams so you can put a, in a map and then drag these little pins on the map, word searches. They even have an unboxing thing where you've got these different digital boxes that you click on and as you click them, they open to reveal certain things. Just like little, uh, you know, there's a hangman game too. Very, very cool stuff. It looks neat. And like I said, if you're a Flippity user and you like this type of digital, uh, I guess game is the word I'll use, although like I said, that doesn't quite capture it. It's worth knowing about both of these things. So Flippity.net, WordWall.net to fill in any of those gaps. Very, very cool. And I love that kind of stuff. I know you love that kind of stuff too. So hopefully um, these two resources bring something to everybody's table. Yeah, like I said, all this stuff that gets kids to motivated through game elements is awesome. And that's how we're going to finish up this episode with another one. This one is super cool. It's called Breshna.io. And Breshna.io allows uh, kids or student uh, teachers, anybody really, to go in and develop a game. It looks like a video game and you don't need to know how to code. It's a very simplistic game. So I just went on and I tried it and basically my game, I selected a background and then basically I downloaded a lizard, a picture of a lizard and I put it in there and he has to jump over like, think of Mario. 
So you know how you, you go through Mario yeah. and you have to jump onto blocks and stuff. You have to stay away from the fireballs, the turtle shells and stuff like that. I kind of did the same thing. Uh, I copied and pasted a picture in there of a, a fireball. So you have to jump over the fire pictures and then go try to collect uh, different things. And, and I have it so when you collect stuff, you have to answer a question. If you get it right, you get to keep it. If not, it stays there. And so those questions are, I just did a properties of water one. The questions are all about your content and it allows them to play a game that's easily set up and it gets them through the content as well. So I think that's a huge win. And that's Breshna.io. This, this is really cool. I've been watching their, um, they have like a little tutorial video on their main page. This looks pretty new to me, one, because their YouTube video describing it says beta version. Uh, two, because it's free to sign up and I could easily see something like this being a paid for platform. I would guess it, it w is likely to be that soon. Um, but yeah, what you're describing, you can like literally go in there and design a game within you know a lot of restrictions because you're not coding it. But this is very cool and it's gonna, like to me, this is a level of engagement beyond if your kids are playing like Gimkit games or quizzes games where it's sort of just like, you know, the same, not the same things over and over, but like they know what they're, they're getting. They know what those games are. Here, they're playing like a real game that you have essentially put together that does not exist anywhere else. Uh, they're not gonna, you know, no other teacher is using your game because you made it. You picked the characters, the one in their demos, like this little unicorn that's jumping around trying to catch healthy foods out of the air and answering questions as they go. Super cool, and that's what I'm gonna be checking out uh, over this exact winter break, breshna.io. See if I can sign up and get in there before they start charging people for this one. Yeah, I mean, there's another one where you have a backpack and letters fall from the sky, and they ask you to spell a word. You have to catch the letters that spells a word of a type of tree. So you, you can go over and like do oak tree so you need the oak but if b comes down first you're going to pass up the the easiness of catching birch b-i-r-c-h uh, so you get the a chance of doing all those another one is catch the odd dodge the even numbers so you're you have a little guy and you have to move your your arrows and if you catch all the even ones you get points if you catch an odd one then that takes a life so Pretty cool. So that's the that's the tool of the show for me, at least for sure. Um, I hope everybody who who made it this long into the episode gets a nice little nugget right at the end there. I'm also stealing that one for our upcoming EdTech Throwdown. So the uh, draft has officially begun today. Breshna.io is on my list. It's already I already started the template under my name, so uh, <laughs> I'm guess, sorry. Guess uh, I'm too late. I, I tell you what, you could have it for the EdTech Throwdown. I'll take it for the AI Throwdown. All right, we'll we'll swap. Either way, it's super cool, and either way, that wraps it up for this episode. 
As always, do us some favors. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, anywhere you get podcasts. Follow our YouTube channel, please. We're trying to post videos all the time since it's December. We're trying to post a lot of videos for our 12 days of ed tech. We're on social media platforms. Just search Got Tech, Nick Got Tech, Geis Got Tech. You'll find us. You can write us a review on Apple. Tell your friends about our website, gottech.com. Tell your friends about us and tell your friends about the Teach Better Podcast Network where you can find our show along with tons of other really excellent educational podcasts. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to Got Tech, the podcast. Remember to subscribe to our show and follow us at We Got Tech on Twitter so you can stay up to date with the latest episode releases, blog posts, product reviews, and PD announcements. You can also follow Geist and I individually at Geist Got Tech and at Nick Got Tech on Twitter or on Instagram at Nick Got Tech. Finally, remember to check out our website, gottech.com, where we post all our episodes, articles, and resources available to you for free. Until next time.